Okay, answer this according to my Enneagram numbers. <laughs> no, we're not executors, though. We just like to come up with ideas and let somebody else do it. Well, we are. I'm an executor of all the things, and they get mm-hmm. done about 50%. And right. then we start another thing. <laughs> with Social Creative Conversations. Thank you so much for hitting play on this week's episode. I am so excited to be sharing this conversation with you that I had with a good friend, Kanisha Bikes from Restoration House. I know that many of you are familiar with Kanisha, but for those of you who are not, allow me to share an incredible woman with you. Kanisha has a very popular blog, and also is the author of a book, Restoration House. She is an African-American female writer who inspires all women on home, life, and inspiration. You can read about food and antiquing and setting up your home for rest. She has an incredible journey that she speaks to in her book and blog. And if you follow her on her social media channel, I know you've been encouraged by her as a spiritual leader, an advocate for justice and equity, and her incredible design style, which you will see throughout her book and anything she posts. Kanisha is also a fellow Enneagram 8 Wing 7 which I absolutely love. And we have a phenomenal conversation from some questions that were sent in by other eights. Listen, she does not mince words and she tells her story true to what it is, which I just love and completely resonate with. And we talk about what that's like to be an eight and give up control or lean into discomfort. We talk very openly about some of the really hard layers that we're going through, being gleaned and refined. That's a really hard thing for anybody, but I feel especially for an eight that loves control. You'll hear Kanisha talk about how she sets up her home for rest, including different rituals that she has. And I speak to some of the rituals that I'm trying to put into practice for 2021. You know, how do we set up our home for rest and restoration? How do we do that in the middle of a pandemic? How do we do that with our kids if you have kids? And let me take the time to set up our conversation just a little bit. As you know, I wanted this podcast to be as true and authentic as possible. Hey, I told you I might end up in a laundry room. I wasn't for this conversation. I was actually sitting next to a warm, toasty fire at the end of my night. And Kanisha was doing the same in her home with her family, kind of closing out the night. So you'll hear some dishes in the background, but that's okay, you guys. That is real life, and that is what's happening right now with everybody in the same place at the same time. And with that, we'll jump right in to a hilarious and vulnerable conversation. Thanks for being with us. I would agree. It's kind of like therapy, another form of therapy. 
I know it totally is. I actually, it was funny because I peeked on your social media a couple times, you know, and every time I looked, there was a fire going and I was mm-hmm. laughing because that's like all that my, so I don't even, I'm not even really posting the stories, but like, that's essentially what you're yeah. going to see is a fire yeah. every night. Yeah. Well, I was laughing because, um, so Jake and I started Monday nights, usually like every other Monday night is called fireplace night mm. where we literally invest in all the wood and all yes. the flame logs. Yes, right? yes, yes, yes. And so we light a fire and it's sort of become this ritualistic thing. Yeah. Like, oh, fireplace night tonight. We set a fire. We're not down. We're not in front of a screen. We're intentional yeah. about being together on the couch. And yeah, it's something about the fire that is like, it's like, oh, mm-hmm. this feels good, you know, mm-hmm. and it, it no, ended up I... being a thing. Well, thank you so much for just hanging out. You know, we met a long time ago. And actually, you know what? When we met, I had no Mm -hmm. idea it was so close to, I mean, it makes sense now. But when Mm -hmm. I first met you, I didn't realize that it was literally the launch. I mean, you were doing publicity for your book, right? Um, Was it at the news? We met at at the news station. We, Yeah. That well, wasn't our first time meeting, <laughs> but I'm trying to remember the first time. Was it through another friend? I think so. I think I met you through, um, at some of gathers events. Yes. That's exactly what it was. I, I loved it because you were the other person sitting in my row that was being vocal. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Cause I count like... on me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I met you that way. So just acquaintancy wise and yep. then ran into you and your husband at New Day. At New Day. Yeah. And I don't know, like something I just, well, you just have that personality too, that it, I was mm-hmm. just like, oh, she's so cool. And so I went home and that was when I was planning. We had been doing the rest dinners where we were making yes. food. Yes. And, I, and we came to your house. And yes. So and awesome. you came to my house. But also like, that's such an interesting thing because, I mean, you didn't really know me very well at all. other than like, right? <laughs> and so then, yeah. And, then and you I didn't know me at all and you no, invited exactly. me to your house. Yeah. But I was sort of, I was in a place too and I- and I still wholeheartedly believe in this. And I know you just out of your book too, like what, how, what hosting means and Mm -hmm. inviting people in. And that means Mm -hmm. people that, you know, and people that you don't know. And so the idea of taking different groups of people, people who some, some of us knew each other, some of us didn't, and then just being like, okay, well, let's experiment. Let's see how this goes. And I emailed you and I was like, Hey, here's this crazy thing. You don't know me, but I'd like to invite you and your family to my house for a crazy, like so many kids and making food and just kind of backyard taco thing. That was great. And that, that is such an interesting thing because first of all, I'd love to hear what you thought of like coming to a house. You don't remember what I said to you. (laughs) I remember what you said in the kitchen a little bit. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I just, I actually was freaking out because it wasn't typical for me to accept an invitation to go to someone's house that I didn't know um, with my family. I've done that probably a lot more, um, you know, independently 
yeah. I would be more comfortable because it's like me autonomously like deciding and choosing of my own like in my own life and making decisions for it but like yeah I'm like I have five other people in tow and so now I'm not only responsible right. for my life but for that of other people <laughs> that I love and care about and if this is some like crazy cuckoo person who is some like murderer mm, or you know totally. weird person then like it's all six of us and not just me Kind of hoping you didn't get that vibe from me at New Day. No, 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 no. But I mean, no. I don't even know if anybody who knows me would even know this. Like my my um, greatest gift and um, weapon is my imagination. So yeah. So yeah, I just, I was in my head and I- Imagination I, yeah. run wild. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and the aid in me also is very skeptical, right? So- Right. Um, so I was just, it was just a recipe for disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I do remember. But it wasn't that way. You're great yeah. and your family's amazing. And we had a great yeah. time and all of my kids, all ages had a great time and it was yeah. really wonderful. Yeah, it was fun. So on my end, you know, when you host, there's this inner battle of, oh my gosh, new people are coming. Everyone clean up the house. Like everyone, like massive cleaning. It has to look exactly perfect, you know, which is hilarious. Like, yeah. Had I read your book prior to, I would have known. Uh, But I think I had mentioned to you just about, you can clean your house, but all of a sudden people were in my kitchen. Yeah. And in your kitchen. That's different. Now that is a sacred space. They're like, just not like we were in your house, in your house though. Like we weren't just in your, we were like in your business everywhere. Yeah. And I was thinking, cause your, your kitchen is your space. And so if you have, it can, it can be however you want it to be. And so, and I have three boys Mm -hmm. and also life is life crumbs from the counter get in your drawers and I was like I just know someone's gonna open up my drawers and see the crumbs in the drawers and I was like so mortified just thinking oh my word this is gonna be so crazy honestly being in your kitchen is like I respect that because I understand as a woman what that feels like to have other people and other women other females in your kitchen um I'm also like from the south and um just come from a different culture. I'll say it that yeah. way. And so, yeah. um, you know, that's also home for me. So your, your invitation, mm-hmm. while there was like this hesitation, I feel like that wasn't really like the soul of who I am. That was more like mm. culturally what I've become, but not who I am. Mm. So, um, so like being from the South, like what you did is actually really normal. It's the reason that mm-hmm. I say what I say in my book, the community that we that I grew up in and, and like the way that I was raised, um, we were raised in other people's kitchens. Like yeah. it's a thing. So yeah. that actually was very comforting to me. And like yeah. that to know that you would invite me into a space that's so personal, honestly your home, but then also your kitchen yeah. Um, yeah. was was like honorable. Um, yeah. yeah, so. Oh, I appreciate hearing that. It's interesting because it's exactly, I think, everyone should go through that um, uncomfortability a little bit yeah. because yeah. it's exactly how hosting should be really. Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was growing up, I remember Sundays and uh, quite frankly, and other days too, people would just show up. Yeah. And yes, that like, was okay, our house well, as well. Just like, yeah. okay, well, I guess 
come in and there was actually no expectation. People would right. come in and they'd be like, Hey, you know, where's the paper? And they would sit down and read yep. the paper or we yep. would just yep. chat or not chat and do yep. stuff. And then my mom would grab something for people to eat. There was no yes. cleaning the house prior to, it was no. like, Oh crap, you're here. Well, come on. I mean, in. there was cleaning you know? the kitchen for us. That's probably right. the one thing that was always, and the dining room, like if there was stuff on the table, it'd always be cleared, but there wasn't like this massive, like outbreak of right cleaning that was necessary because they the people that were coming even though they weren't family they were family and there was no expectation that they had that our house would be perfect ever yeah ever even though it kind of always was just because that's the way that my family rolled but yeah um but like my grandmother would cook on start cooking on Saturday night for dinner on Sunday and yeah people would come after church and they would yeah. stay all day long Yeah, <laughs> from the time that church was, and you know, as a kid, you're like, okay, can y'all leave my house? Yeah. <laughs> like I'm an only child. There's no other kids. Like, yeah. but that was, it was, it, then it, it was annoying. But now, you know, looking back, it was like, I had all this time with adults um, yeah. that I now covet. So yeah, that's yeah, cool. Oh, that's good. That is, yeah, that is good. That's awesome. Yeah. yeah. Joking, laughing, being loud, watching right. football, you know, all the things and talking about stuff that really didn't make sense to me, but I was always about the conversation. So yeah, totally. Oh man. That's good. That's funny. Um, Jake said when we, when Jake and I first got married, his, his mom ended up getting remarried and she married um, like an ex Navy guy. And mm-hmm. so their house was, well, when he was growing up, it was chaotic because he yeah. has, um, yeah. he has brothers and then a sister. It was always chaotic shoes everywhere, you know, just typical yeah. like, mess. And then she got remarried and it was very tidy and neat and like, leave your shoes at the door when you come in and then it sucks on it, you know, just, yeah. it was different. And he said that when he would come over to my parents' home to visit, he was like, I loved it because it was, my mom used to say it was organized chaos. Yeah. Yeah. He was yeah, like, yeah. It's, it's not tidy or it's tidy but it's also comfortably messy. Homey, so, yeah. And yeah, like cozy. shoes are everywhere. And he was like, I just loved it. Cause the minute you stepped in, you felt comfortable, you know? And I was like, that is so good. That's and like it, the best compliment ever, actually. I, it totally is. Yeah, yeah, it totally is. It's it's such a good lesson. It's such mm-hmm. a good like thing to live by. It It's interesting because I was kind of going through your book a little bit and it just was reminding me just the way your book is set up of just like it's not about the fancy things or whatever inviting people into your home you know yeah things of comfort and invite it's not about fancy things yeah well actually um can I do this I I love your book by the way thank you when you were at our house yeah you were like telling everyone about the book yeah. And then you're like, oh, do you want a copy? I think I have some in my car. And it yeah. totally didn't even click to me of like, oh, right. She just wrote this book. And it's like, you know, it's fresh. Like, yeah, I know. And then I ended up buying it after. And I think I texted you and was like, the next time you're at my house and you say you have a copy in your car, why didn't I take advantage of that? Anyways, I ended up getting it and I read, I took it camping and I mm-hmm. read it when I was with your sister, camping. right? And Yeah. And I read the whole thing like in the weekend. It's just like so good, but it's such a beautiful book. And I just, I, um, I was going back on it and can I do a weird thing? Like I know, um, Brittany Brown does this in her podcast. And so it sort of feels weird to do this, but I love that. Who's Brittany Brown? Ah. 
Um, so I'm going to read this paragraph because it, I loved it. And I was like, my heart just was like, Oh, and I feel like this, well, and you say for the woman, I feel like this is for everyone, for the woman who dreams of creating a place that gives life to those who enter. This is for you, for the woman who envisions her home as a place of rest and retreat, not just for herself, but for others and may struggle with reaching that goal. This is for you. This book is for the one who believes she is lost and has been forgotten. The one whose life has lost purpose and the one who needs to be reminded that home is more than a mere space to be filled with pretty pillows and beautifully decorated walls. Yes, this book is for you. Extending our reach far beyond fine linens, fancy flatware and expensive furniture, we will delve into how our homes can serve as places of restoration for ourselves, our families, and our communities. I just, that is everything. Makes me want to cry. Oh my God. Those <laughs> words are so good. Don't, don't, those are Who so wrote good. that? <laughs> I think I need to find that woman and talk to her. Oh man. Um, that is so good. Mm. That is so good. One of the, it's, it's so good on multiple levels because like, as you talk about social media and tiles mm-hmm. and what gets posted on tiles mm-hmm. and it being so different from mm-hmm. what the definition of creating a space is and a home that gives life and connection and what that is, yeah, is just, it's so world's different. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's the home that we're talking about that you walked in, in my own yeah. space where yeah. Yeah. it was just chaos, but it was beautiful. Yeah. And it was, you know. One of the questions I, I didn't feel I, like it was chaotic at all, actually. Good. That's, yeah. that's, I know chaos. That lovely. wasn't chaos. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, to some maybe, but it's also like that idea of comfortable too, you know? And yeah, for sure. I think that's what. Maybe I find you, comfort in the chaos and maybe that's what it is. Totally. Well, and yeah. that's what I would hope any, any person who's inviting someone into their home would want their guests to feel as they're leaving. That was so comfortable. That was great. That was, it wasn't about all the things around. It was, you know, and when you're creating your space, maybe you're talking about the framework of it, Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. ideally that's what you want people to feel when, when they're, when they're in there, you know, Um, comfort, comfort, and just, you're setting up a place for for life to happen, for connection to happen. Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, I was curious about how you are setting up a place of rest and retreat in your home (laughs) during the pandemic. (laughs) Uh You know, that's so interesting that you asked that question. (laughs) Um, I honestly, you know, just with, and you know this because we've talked here and there over the past couple of months, but um, I think that has come in a very unexpected way in a way that some people who listen to this response may be surprised by. Mm. Um, That has actually come through um, me learning how to take care of myself. which is something that I'm having to do because of the season that we are in, um, having to, um, 
lean into what it looks like to actually truly provide self-care and not like this um, commodified version, I think that we have culturally um, in the Western world here today, but more, what does it look like to not just buy myself a massage or the next mm-hmm. like product or mm-hmm. whatever, you know, like, um, like what does it actually look like to care for myself? Because out of that comes the ability to create space that right. feels restful mm-hmm. um, to myself, to my family and to mm-hmm. people that come into my home. So I think for me, that's really been what it has looked like practically the way that that has been um, walked out is, um, you know, having rituals. Mm -hmm. So um, things like, I mean, this is, this is literally a daily for me at this point, you know, like I'm Mm -hmm. um, reading something inspirational, whether it's my Bible, um, Mm -hmm. some kind of devotional or some type of faith-based spiritual writing. Um, And I have oils on my nightstand. My diffuser is going pretty much anytime I'm in my room, it's on. Um, I have a stack of books that I am currently reading on my nightstand. I love opera music. Um, and right now I'm, yes. And I'm listening to, um, a lot of like holiday opera. So, um, that's soothing to me and I feel like it helps my brain a little bit, just calm down, like focus on things that are important. Making my London fogs every morning, and yeah. using my steamer for my oat yeah. milk, like all those little things are, um, because I feel like there's so much chaos and there's so many things mm-hmm. that feel chaotic and out of control right now. Mm-hmm. What I do know, just, I'm not a professional in this area yet, but what I do know, like just what I've learned neurologically, psychologically, like as far as our brains are concerned, when we create habits and we create rituals, it actually helps our brains heal mm-hmm. and it helps us process and think um, more clearly. So, um, so that has become a really important part of what it looks like to create rest. Um, it looks like creating ritual rituals that help my brain heal and help my heart feel good and help me find like that peace, um, in the midst of a time that's like really, really, really hard. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm 100,000% with you. (laughs) I mean, it's like why we have our fireplace night mm-hmm. or that's another thing I, fires we've been doing yeah, fires all day every day <laughs> totally yeah totally and just watching something burn is so cathartic oh god it is just watching the fire you know yeah. actually uh, if I can add this um yeah I was actually looking at the fire a couple of weeks ago and um, I forgot how this came about, but I had been having a conversation about ashes and mm-hmm. mourning and grief and the scriptural like parallels in that. Yeah. And I was um, watching the fire burn and it was just like this solidification, if you will, of like, um, is that a word? I don't know. It just became one. <laughs> <laughs> Solidifying. Um, it, is <laughs> it is now. <laughs> is that the eight or the seven in me? We don't know. <laughs> Um, we just made that a word and don't even question it. <laughs> it's um, Don't come at me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't care what Webster says. Yeah, exactly. You know, my name. Okay, so <laughs> that part is definitely the seven in me. Let's just keep this going. <laughs> it just became this moment where I was, it just felt like a God-breathed, spirit-filled moment that was very brief but impactful where 
I was just like, like you, like this is the refining, like this season, you know, for so many of us, um, like even though, you know, there are these, what seems like, you know, a time of heavy burden and grief and sorrow and pain for so many of us for a million different reasons. Yeah. Like we, it's like those things coexist, the grief, the heaviness, the weight and all these things, but also the refining and like the purifying, um, yeah. you know, because just again, like even scientifically, like what fire actually does. And I think that night also Larry was reading something. He's like, I think I read something about how ashes actually help plants grow because they carry nutrients and all these things. Mm -hmm. So it like took it one step further for me. Cause I was just like, mm -hmm. you know, in the ashes, like we are actually also growing mm -hmm. um, and also um, being defined is, and refined. That this is going to get weird <laughs> and morbid, but Love that it. is true. Do it. Um, <laughs> you know, <laughs> one night my family and I were talking about what, what we're going to do with our bodies when we die. <laughs> Yeah. And, uh, and we were talking about like, would you want to be cremated? And then yeah. if you were cremated, what would we do with your ashes? And yeah. so we were talking, about, we were talking about, well, um, I want you to do this with my ashes and I want you to yeah. do this with my ashes. I want to become a tree. Uh, right. Yes, exactly. <laughs> we all said that. We were like, like ashes well, to ashes, dust to I dust. I know. Yeah. We want so to become crazy. a tree. So oh my gosh, that's great. Go. I love yeah. that. That's actually great. There and since go. I'm an empath, I love nature and I love like being out in nature because it helps me communicate and commune yeah. with yeah. my creator. So, yeah. um, so yeah, that just seems like, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny or it's not funny. No, it, it's, <laughs> it's similar to what you were talking about, just in the heaviness. And I've just been, I think along with so many people, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm, right. Mm -hmm. The, the bird, the weight, the burden of what we're going through, just the craziness, the uncertainty of so many things. It's mm -hmm. the heaviness. It's like, um, I think I mentioned, like, I've just been like pulling these layers back. Like a lot of layers are coming off and it'll be like one heavy layer. And then the next layer will just be like a really, really sweet layer. But in all of these, like what I've been finding, even in adding one of the rituals that I've found that has been so good for me is time alone. Um, yeah. Meditating, like I've been doing a lot of listening prayer mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and really just like, which is an incredibly hard discipline for me, mm -hmm. quieting my mind and mm -hmm. being still yeah. and not saying words either vocally or with my mind, yeah. just letting rest come over me. Yeah. Um, and it certainly has been something that has been so therapeutic with mm -hmm. the heaviness. Yeah. Like really just taking time to be still and yeah. also just so healthy <laughs> in a time where, I mean, my house literally is so, and I'm sure yours is the same. So loud. Never stops. So chaotic. Never stops. Yeah. And just like. All the time so much. Um, yeah. so, you know, really like going out and, and being quiet and yeah. either taking either with, walks, taking walks, moving the body yeah. music, yes. like really like being intentional with the music that I'm listening to, mm -hmm. like very soothing and calming yeah. or even just the discipline of having nothing because mm -hmm. of mm -hmm. course like music is such a noise has become such a, um, an essential white noise for me. 
Yeah. Like I can really exist better when I, because like maybe I'm, I'm so used Same. to the noise, right? Same. So yeah. when it's too quiet, like it's when it's like completely <sighs> silent, yeah, yes. it's too and much. It, it's unnerving. I, um, Jake got me one of those float. Have you ever done a float? I've heard of them. I've not, the, never done okay, it. Okay. Jake got yeah, me Yeah. It freaks me out. I can't it even think was, about it. It was unnervingly quiet. Ugh. It was so like eerie. But at the end of it, I had a whole thing in there because, I mean, I'm not claustrophobic, so that didn't okay because I, I die okay even, yeah, you I would can't. die from the claustrophobia so what was claustrophobic to me was the silence mm. because you can just it's so quiet that you can hear your heartbeat and it's yeah. like you can yeah. hear your mind yeah thing, yeah you know and but it was such a good I mean you're I was in there I don't know probably what it felt like was two hours it probably Oof. was only 15 minutes but <laughs> <laughs> Is it like, is it like a 30, I thought it was like 30 minute thing or something. I think something. it was like, like 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. But probably for the first 15 minutes, I was like, this is not right. I got to get out of yeah. here. Like, this is so terrible. And the thing is closed over you though. It's closed. I yep, cannot. Closed. Uh-uh, nope. But even just in the silence, you, you're forced to let your body go and you actually float better you're more buoyant when you just let your body go and be carried by the water. And it, you got me on that one. I, know. I just know you'll have to try it. I want to know. I literally want to know. I literally want to vomit right now. <laughs> nope. It will undo six oh, whole months. Full I, of right. Therapy. <laughs> I will <laughs> re-traumatize. <laughs> Just know. Oh my gosh, that's hilarious. Nope. But anyways, like when it gets that quiet, it makes me very twitchy. And it's a really mm-hmm. hard discipline for me to be quiet. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. it's been something that I have found. I have been having to go into that space. Mm-hmm. And really like uncomfortably. And, like uncomfortably. When you're even in the midst of like being totally uncomfortable. Like, I'm just gonna do this. Even when I was doing listening prayer. I went through all the range of emotions, all the range. Like I was angry. I was frustrated. I was tired and bored. And then I was getting anxious, you know, and Mm. then by the end I'm like, (laughs) it's so good. But yeah. um, You were crying at the end of your float? Oh no, not the float. Oh, you're saying the prayer. Yes. (laughs) Oh. The float was not that. Is it salt water? It is. <laughs> it's so you have to do one. I mean, it's just, it's so Because it's like all this ionic stuff happening yeah. to your body. And you know, it's like, it's like light show laser fest in there You're too. right. It's a whole experience. Uh, it's a whole experience. It literally freaks it me might, out. It okay. might change your, it might change. Like my heart is literally beating out of my chest right now. <laughs> Can't do it. Oh, that's funny. But anyways, what do you think you do? Because you have a big family. Yeah. I mean, Ish. you know, a medium-ish. Yeah. Yours is I guess compared to the mine. average you have American one more kid family. Than me, right? Yeah. Um, how do you set that up during a pandemic for them? Because like oh. <laughs> you're setting that up for you, your your house should be a place I mean, of rest, rest and restoration yeah. for you you and your family and those you invite in. So how do you think you do that for your family? Or maybe it's just the same way as you. (laughs) I don't. (laughs) The way I do it for them is I do it for me. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know that I do. I mean, I, because it's hard, especially with like pandemic. Yeah. Especially the community piece, you know, Um, they're all schooling remotely. Um, Yeah. 
And so, are they in rooms or is, mm-hmm. I mean, are they like in yeah. your space? No, <laughs> I've got no. a kindergartner who's like right in my space. So our youngest Grayson, who is eight yeah. is um, sometimes like in communal spaces as in dining room or living yeah. room for the most part. Yeah. They're all in their rooms, you know, and Grayson will stay in his room with the door open, um, yeah. you know, and just take his calls and everything from there and do his thing. Yeah. He is surprisingly um, pretty independent where all of that's concerned, you know, keeping up with the times yeah. that his classes begin and um, assignments. And yeah, thankfully, I, I'm blessed in the sense that like I'm hands off. But as far as like helping them find like restful places, I think, you know, um, it's creating spaces that feel good, not just for me, but for them. And mm-hmm. um, so I do my best. Uh, to involve them in some ways in the process of creating those spaces as far as like the functionality of the space Mm -hmm. Um, some of the aesthetic you know like things that like are I'm working on a gallery wall right now and like Mm -hmm. inviting Logan our now 13 year old um, Mm -hmm. he's really actually really visually like gifted Mm -hmm. so like I'll ask him like what do you think about this painting or this etching and like where should it go and like and then he's like "Ah, I think you should do this here and you know or like I think you should put this on this side of the table or you know just Mm -hmm. little things like that to make them feel like it's like to have some ownership in um some of it yeah um and then helping them in their own spaces their bedrooms create the same thing um yeah I probably take a lot more charge than I should Mm -hmm. in those spaces sometimes (laughs) because I want to walk into them and feel good too um but and, and it's my house um oh my word. but also like trying to respect um the fact that it is space that out of all the rooms you know like it is the space where they retreat to the most and it needs to speak yeah. to who they are you know into their personality so let me yeah. ask you uh is there because you've got olders so is there mm-hmm. room is their room still de- decorated the way you no. decorated it? No. It's decorated because now it's, Ollie, it's my eleven-year-old, is <laughs> it's like trash. he's got papers all. Yeah. I mean, actually, we're in this like we're in the middle, we're in the in-between stage right now, right? Because his room still has stuff that I put up from when he was younger. Yeah, but now he's started to put up his own drawings mm-hmm. and posters yeah. and yeah. all that kind of stuff up on yeah. the wall. So it's yeah. like this just. Tacky, beautiful, crazy yeah. collision of yes, like yes, and so he's and you said it well. Has, I said tacky, yeah. you said beautiful. Yeah, beautiful crazy collision. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> but it, he we're we are at that stage because he's like, Mom, get that baby stuff off of my walls. Like, yeah, no. yeah, but it'll that that it's an interesting question because I wonder if they even know um how restful or how you're creating that space or what that feels like for them now yeah. because they live in it it'd yeah. be interesting to ask them later because that has yeah, to do with I their agree. memories and what they remember of their space right you know? right um yeah Maybe, i mean uh, i walk into our youngest room and it's like literally he's got legos everywhere if there's yeah. stuffies everywhere nerf guns and bullets and paper and pencils and markers and crayons and colored pencils and just uh, pillows from his bed or all over like I'm like how do you how does this feel good to you yeah so it's uh for him honestly 
it's 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 unnerving for me if I'm being yeah. really honest like yeah. it literally gives me anxiety but um so I'm trying to teach him I'm trying to teach him how to create a space that feels good to him and so right um like when I, he walks or when we walk into a room or when I walk into his room, like, Hey bud, you know, like trying to be extra kind because I'm really like, er, like irky on the inside. Yeah. <laughs> Cause I'm like, this is the 50th time today. I've walked into your room and asked you to pick this up. Um, but I'm like, Hey bud, like, why don't we <laughs> pick yeah. up this and like, let's make our room feel better, you know, whatever. So you can actually enjoy it a little bit more Yeah, because he actually yeah. has a really small room. So there's, it doesn't take a lot. Right. Um, yes. So, you know, after I'll like, I'll say, let's do it together, you know, like, and I help him yeah. and then we'll like light a candle or, or put on his diffuser. And then yeah. I'm like, see, doesn't this feel better? Yeah. You know, like, does this feel better to you? You know, like, what do you like mm -hmm. about it? So I, mm -hmm. I try to like not be in control, but be in control, you know, yeah. like covertly well, in control. And that's good because <laughs> you're, you're also following up with the question. What do you like about it? Yeah. Because then. And if he like, hates it, then I'm like, cool. Right. Then you know what? You stick with the other thing and I won't ever come yeah. into your room. That's yeah. cool. Yeah. You can handle that. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> um, okay. Well, we've got a lot of questions. And so now okay. I get to pick and choose because I don't want to, okay. I, you know, it's late. And the, the longer I stay up, the more my brain turns off. Well, let me ask you this question. Mm -hmm. So we're, we kind of talked a little bit about Enneagram. Mm -hmm. and you're an eight seven mm -hmm. right mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um so this question came in from someone who is an eight mm -hmm. and <laughs> she actually had a really good question I was like oh this is okay. and maybe we kind of touched on it a little bit but um she asked speaking as an eight is there a recent life event or circumstance that required a season of healing for you? How does that look as an eight? And she oh, was saying, she was like, great. testimonies can give you a lot of hope, which I totally yeah. agree. Like stories yeah. are everything. Totally. Um, and so there you go. Yeah. Just a, I, a light, it's just a light question. Kanisha. Just, it's just very light. <laughs> and the response is very light as well, because I'm an eight. You know, that's what yeah. we do. We do really, really shallow and light. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's really hard for me. <laughs> um, so I am in that season right yeah. now where I'm having to grasp hold of the possibility of either healing or not. And um, what that looks like for me, because I'm an eight, it looks like relinquishing control. Yeah. And, and I am learning actively how to relinquish control almost like every day in, in moments. Like, mm -hmm. um, I'm trying to think of like a practical example of how I can help um, communicate and drive that home without being extremely personal. And there's not one that I can think of because yeah. everything well, is so deep right now, but. Totally. Um, and yeah. if I may, like, yeah. I, I actually responded to her because as you know, I have said yeah. the same thing. Like I'm yeah. kind of in this season of like yeah. going through it. Yeah. And 
having layers stripped away yeah. and and that stripping is both very refining and very hard but mm -hmm. as an eight mm -hmm. to release that grip or that control yeah um is extremely hard and i i just told her i am a hundred percent about vulnerability and i told yeah. her, her that um but it's interesting as an eight you yeah. know, and, and it's interesting too, because simultaneous to this, I'm actually going to have another podcast um, conversation about the idea of help and mm -hmm. asking for help. Mm -hmm. and I have a whole season that, of that. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Yes. How hard that can be as an, yeah. aid, although, you know, you need it, but just right. like relinquishing that. Right. Um, can well, be such being able hard. to trust other people with all of those things is really hard. I do have I do have a little bit more to expound yeah, on and something please. I'm thinking about. Yeah. Um, so what I know is speaking as an eight and as a like as a Christian who is an eight, mm -hmm. um, that for me looks a little bit different in the sense that like my grounding is always in scripture, in the word mm -hmm. and with like the voice of the Holy Spirit. So mm -hmm. while I find that there's like always this tension Mm -hmm. um, I would say for the most part, a healthy tension of like wanting to have the control, knowing that to be a part of like my wiring. Um, and then also on the flip side of that, understanding like that it's, a, there's this um, false sense of control essentially, mm -hmm. right? That most of us, all of us have when it comes to, um, especially as, as believers, that we know that we actually don't have control over anything. Yeah. We just have this yeah. feeling that if we, you know, can manipulate um, something to feel the way or look the way we want it to look or feel, then that means we have control when essentially right. we actually still don't. Yeah. So, um, so for me, I think it's coming to the point where I can silence the noise. I can silence mm -hmm. the chaos. I can silence the selfish yeah. desires to control. Mm -hmm. And I can hear the voice of the Holy Spirit telling me what it is that I need to do. And most of the time that need to do sounds a lot like you can trust me, not you need mm -hmm. to trust me, but um, that you can trust me. And mm -hmm. it's this um, gentle prodding mm -hmm. of the Holy Spirit that I, mm -hmm. I find is just so beautiful because he's not, you know, um, one to push us or force us to do anything mm -hmm. um whether we have chosen him as the lord of our lives or not mm -hmm. and um the, which makes him so amazing by the way mm -hmm. like just mm -hmm. side note like it doesn't he's not like a respecter of persons and mm -hmm. it just that just i love that mm -hmm. so much so he doesn't you know force us to step out of that space where we want to control things he gives us options and but he it's just like this beautiful dance i feel like happens because as believers when we are tethered to him it does become like this inescapable sense of like release that we have of wanting to like relinquish something that we don't really have in the first place and somehow mm. we just begin to like recognize that his his option is the better option because there's freedom in that option. So mm -hmm. I don't know, um, maybe that's a lot of words and I do love words, but mm -hmm. um, but I think that as an eight looking at that space, it, 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 it sometimes becomes a lot easier 
to relinquish that control, relinquish the attachment to personality and all of these things, because we understand that there's better, um, mm-hmm. that our control is, is pales in comparison to his control, if there is such a thing. So yeah, I think for me personally, that's the way that I like to think about it and reflect on it. And it helps me let go of my eightness and all the other things that are attached to that. I find too, like over a lifetime, right? There's a healthy side of innate and there's an yeah. unhealthy side of it. Oh my gosh. Is there and, ever? <laughs> and it is something that has been scraped away. Mm. <laughs> there's a better word than scraped away, but mm. that wholehearted stronghold stance on things or, uh-huh. you know, um, <laughs> has been Uh, over time, I mean, I would definitely say I'm not the same person that Jake met 13 years ago to now. And thank goodness, like through life experiences and the things that you do, I, I feel like that is something that I have been shaped in and, and that's been scraped away that whole stronghold. And, and yeah, a lot of it is just knowing that I don't hold full control. Yeah. I don't. And that is a hard thing to come by. And even just submitting myself in quietness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. as an eight has been just an, a very interesting mm. exercise, mm-hmm. just such an incredible exercise. And, and also, you know, even with the layers that I've been delving into knowing that parts of me are going to be stripped away Yeah, and, and being like, yeah, okay. Yes this needs to happen and it's going to hurt and a lot is going to be stripped away and pulled away. Yeah. And as an eight, like really wanting to come against that, but also yeah. knowing it needs to happen. And then for me, just the Holy Spirit has been so good to be a really painful, hard layer, even maybe against my own will has yeah. been pulled away. I've been met with this just beautiful layer of comfort and almost like a a warm weighted blanket. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. I got you. This is good. I'm, it's going to hurt. This is a struggle. This is going to get real, real and it needs to happen, but I'm going to be here in between all of those hard layers. You know, as you fight against that, it's, it's still going to happen. It's still going to get pulled away, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And, but I'm going to meet you there. Yeah. I'm going to meet in between all of those things. And you yeah, know, something else I just thought about, you know, when we look at, I don't know the person that asked the question. I don't, they're, maybe yeah. they're not, you know, Christians or whatever, but it's yeah. just helpful for those who are maybe. Um, I, I just think about, you know, in scripture, when we read it, we look, we look at like Matthew and uh, different uh, parts of the gospel. And I just always think it's so cool that like um, whenever we are reading about Jesus healing someone that he always asks them a question mm-hmm. and it's not because he doesn't know the answer. Mm-hmm. It just means he's trying to get something to that person. And so when I think about that in relation to the question, I think about like all of us and like whatever pain it is that we carry and whatever it is we need healing from whoever this person is asking it, if they are a believer or if not, or, you know, again, for other people out there, like, I think it's sometimes I've, I've, I sense that it it would be good possibly to, to be able to sit for a little bit, for a little while, a day, two weeks, two months, whatever, and just let the Holy Spirit, like, ask you questions because, and, and, and recognizing that he's not asking because he wants you to really answer them. Mm -hmm. He's 
trying to get something to you, whether that's mm-hmm. healing, um, whether that's growth, whether that's um, a realization of your identity and more of who you are, you know, whatever it is. But I think that that's another way also to um, shift focus and to relinquish control is to allow like yourself to kind of sit with some of those questions and to recognize that in answering them, like, which may sound weird and I don't even really fully know, like, I just feel this, that like healing will come through that. Um, A lot of things that have been really, um, maybe new to me in exercise Mm -hmm. as far as not speaking in prayer, but really listening. Yes. And, and, Mm -hmm. and so there's been a lot of opportunity to use prompts Mm -hmm. and questions and then just literally sit there in silence and be like, okay, Lord, what do you want to say? I'm I'm just going to sit here Mm -hmm. and I'm going to wait. It's been I mean, it's been incredible. There have been some times where it's like, I, I got, I got nothing. I got nothing. You know, I got nothing, nothing. <laughs> right. Um, and that's okay. Right. I, that happens, you know, yeah. I mean, sometimes I can be in conversation with someone, they don't have anything profound to say, or they don't have anything right. in that moment. And, <laughs> right. and that's okay. You know, allowing the space for it to happen yeah. And that's been, you know, sort of part of that discipline that I've been making space. Yeah. Sharing is like truly mm-hmm. making space to be quiet and receive. Yes. Quiet and receive and whatever yeah. that is. And just aligning yourself to receiving in that yeah. way. Prompted by what you were saying, because that's, that's so great. Allowing that space to be listening. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. One more question and then we'll wrap up. Done. Let's do it. So this person had, a, uh, she said, your content on social media is so powerful and thoughtful. Mm. Do you plan out your posts or do you <laughs> post what moves you at the moment? Okay. Uh, answer this according to my Enneagram numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I plan nothing. <laughs> I wish I, I wish I was better at planning Sometimes I wish I was better at that. Yeah. But I love, I, I just, I just love just being free. <laughs> it's just so good to me. I just love being free and not, yeah. it's that control piece. I love not being controlled by an algorithm or yeah. by, you know, what someone says is the standard or it's why even like for my book, like if you think about even the message of the book, it's so like, um, contrary to culture, like it's countercultural. Yeah. It's like I like break. I'm like I, not only am I going to break out of the box, but I'm going to teach you how to break out of that box too. Because yeah. because when we do that, we're able to express ourselves uniquely in the way that we're meant to and created to do that. Like when we're all yeah. trying to be robots, that just doesn't yeah. work. So yeah. all bringing it back to the question, I don't plan. I just I just if I feel something or like I I write. Or like, if I see something, if I'm on a walk, like that is literally like how I operate and function. It is a strength and a weakness. I just go off of, I fly by the seat of my pants 90% (laughs) of the time, literally, literally. So just so you know. I know that is, it's why you can say with certainty what she's going through. What you read on my social media is literally what I'm probably going through at the moment. 1000%. Because it's like a journal. 
Yeah. You want to know what's going <laughs> exactly. on in my life. <laughs> All right. Exactly. Check out my look. feed. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> because. Yep. Yeah. Nothing yeah. Is- if you don't want to know what I'm thinking, that's the other thing too, is just like, I don't, you know, for the most part, minus some unspoken things, like I don't yeah. have much to hide. Like not, yeah. I don't even have, I don't have anything to hide. There are things that are in that space right yeah. now that are being held, totally. yep. you know, until it's time for them to not be held anymore. But yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, like I am an open book, literally almost in every way to the world. And I say yeah. that, and I know it sounds crazy, but for me, like, it's just like, there's so much about me that doesn't belong to me. Like it's my story, but it's not because mm-hmm. I know that there's so much, and I mean it when I've said it on, on social media, like my, your, there's power in our stories. So mm-hmm. like in order for that power to be released, I actually have to tell that story. Mm-hmm. And um, part of my telling the story is the poem that I wrote, you know, two weeks ago and posted it because I felt so, so um, weighted by it. It felt like right. it wasn't just for me. It was for like a thousand other people, you know, like yeah. that's kind of, yeah. that's kind of how I operate there. I am literally the same way. And I think that's why, well, I think that's why so many people relate to you. Mm. Your story is an absolute, well, our lives are testimonies. Yeah. Our stories are testimonies. Yeah. And it's the most powerful testimony you have is the journey that you've walked through and gone through. Um, It's the only one that's yours. Yeah. No one can argue it. Right. Yeah. So I just, I, I'm very similar and I, I feel kindred in that way in that, Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. how I'm feeling is what is coming out um, <laughs> in the moment. And I feel that from you and mm-hmm. it absolutely connects. It's a, it's an absolute connector yeah. for people to you. I mean, I feel like that to you too. Yeah. I feel like that to you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I feel like I, I had therapy today actually. And um, one of the things that we talked about is um, attachment styles mm. and, um, which is a whole like conversation, but, um, yeah. I am learning, um, cause I was going to joke with you and say like, yeah, I'm in the moment, but like ask the people in my house, how fun that is sometimes like that. I, I'm just <laughs> yeah. like, boom, you know, like if I feel something, I say it, you know, <laughs> and <laughs> so, it's so healthy I'm, and unhealthy. <laughs> it, exactly. And I'm learning how to um, detach from my emotion and to reattach in healthy ways. And so that Mm -hmm. is a process at 41 years of age. Well, I can tell you, I've learned a lot about me in the last three months. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Anyways. Okay. Well, I always wrap up with a question from the mystery jar. Yeah. Are questions that a five-year-old, a seven-year-old and an 11-year-old wrote. Oh, I love that. Yay. So that is so let's fun. Let's see what we've got here. I promise you nothing. These are not going to be profound. No, I yes um, they are. What do you mean? Let's see. Oh, here we go. What is your favorite color? This is oh. this was from Mason, my five year old. That I am so boring. <laughs> my I black. am. No, I'm not. I'm not that Seattle. You know, I'm not that <laughs> like. I'm not from here. So yeah. Um. <laughs> My favorite color is actually kind of like a army green, anything in that family, like forest army green. It's a neutral for me, but I also love like charcoal gray, heather gray, tans, browns, not brown, but like brown family, you know, beige. Yeah. You know, I do love black. You're the neutrals. They just speak to me. Blushes, you know, just um, those softer Colors, they they help ground me and keep me calm and happy. I can see just your 
beautiful taste in color in your home when you post and like in all the pictures in the book so good you're just so talented and I love how you put yourself on the page in picture and in words it's really it's incredible it's you're vulnerable in your book your words are beautiful and they speak to a lot of people so I do my best people inspired so thank you good all right sister well I think I've kept you on for way more than I said I was going to (laughs) okay that's okay I'm thankful for the opportunity to sit and have a conversation with you for sure Oh man, this is the time where I wish we were sitting across the table from each other. I would love to continue this conversation with you. First of all, I want to know who's in for a float. I know Kanisha's not, but maybe you've experienced that crazy phenomena. (laughs) Um, The other thing I would love to continue talking about are rituals. You know, what are you doing to bring restoration to your own home, to yourself? With this pandemic upheaval, there have been so many layers being unraveled. Layers of healing, layers of truth, layers using therapy and all different kind of methodologies. We have used therapy. Jake and I went to marriage therapy for the first time amazing experience by the way highly recommended kanisha talks about her therapy but what are we doing in this time of chaos where things are so unknown and things are unraveling to really bring restoration into um, our own places you know some of the rituals that we've been trying to put into practice in our own home is shutting down the house you know as the evening gets later we start turning off the lights in each room until eventually there's one light and maybe it's the flicker of a fireplace that's going or candlelight or whatever it is to just sort of calm down our souls maybe you're using a diffuser or meditation or reading or listening prayer Whatever it is, I hope you find something that works to just bring rest to your soul and to those around you. Thank you so much to Kanisha for being a contributing voice of wisdom and humanity and hilariosity. There. That's my own word. Is that a word? I don't even know. If you want to know more about Kanisha, I cannot highly recommend enough checking her out you can find her at her social media handle at restoration house or go read some of her phenomenal articles on her blog www.restorationhouseblog.com definitely i encourage you to go pick up her book restoration house creating a space that gives life and connection to all who enter. Her book can be found on Amazon, at Barnes & Noble, on your Kindle, or several local bookstores that you can find online. I cannot recommend enough that book. It's beautiful design, beautiful words, and it will leave you inspired. Thank you so much for tuning in. 
for giving your time and your listening ears and just being a part of this conversation. And one more quick note. I never set out to have this podcast be any kind of spiritually directed Christian podcast. But if you're going to know me, you're going to know my whole story. And the truth is, is that my story includes God. So you'll hear it. If it doesn't resonate with you, that's fine. Conversations are places that we get to both enter in with our own stories, our own journeys, and our own beliefs. And that is okay. We have so much to learn from each other. Join us for our next conversation where we talk about food, farmers, and how to support your local food industry. Until next time, thanks for being a part of the conversation.